This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Going with Chris Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday evening. My goodness, what a big weekend, and we have no time for pleasantries. Let's get into it. Here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. NASCAR was in Pocono over the weekend. Chandler Smith won in the Truck Series. Noah Gregson won in the Xfinity Series and then didn't even want to have a beer with his uh, owner, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Look that up on social media. It's pretty funny. And then drama on Sunday. It was about 10 o'clock Sunday night when finally we learned that Chase Elliott was declared the winner of the NASCAR Cup Series. He didn't even finish second. He didn't finish first. This cat finished third, ended up being a winner after Denny Hamlin, who crossed the line first, and Kyle Busch, who crossed the line second. Their co- their Toyota cars both disqualified for the same infraction, and uh, Chase Elliott becomes the winner. That's the first time since, like, 1964 that a NASCAR Cup Series winner has been stripped of a win after post-race technical inspection, so that's pretty wild um, in Pocono. In other NASCAR news from the weekend, Ty Gibbs made his Cup Series debut after Kurt Busch failed concussion protocol Sunday morning. He brought the car home in one piece in 16th. Jonathan Davenport becomes the first ever three-time winner of the Silver Dollar Nationals after capturing the 80-lap $53,000 to win feature event. This happened Sunday night at I-80 Speedway in Greenwood, Nebraska with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. And potentially exciting news for Jacob Pool fans this week. The Spring Lake, Michigan driver announced via his Facebook page the purchase of an XR1 Rocket Late Model. The former American Ethanol Modified Tour champion will look to make his debut during the annual Wood Tick and Dan Soleil Memorial events at Merritt Speedway coming up in just a little while. And that's what's happening in Motor City Minute. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France sits across the way. Good evening, sir. Good. Do we have a huge show tonight or what? Oh, my. We said last week's show was huge. This show is massive. And wow. we, we knew it was going to happen. We had a full week of racing, a really big weekend of racing in our area, and uh, a lot going on. So we're happy to have it. Uh, Rich, first things first. Uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to Jimmy McCune, the must-see racing champion, has done a lot that there is to do on the pavement side of sprint car racing. Well, for about the second or third week, he decided to pull up alongside Jason Blonde, another must-see racing champion, on the dirt at Butler Motors Speedway Saturday night. Now, I was there. All of a sudden, qualifying was brought to a halt when we saw McCune's car was stopped at the top of turn one. Nobody thought anything of it until McCune was rolling around on the dirt. Then the fire extinguishers came out, and we kind of realized the gravity of the situation. The multi-car champion was injured during the sprint car event. 
rumor has it a fuel line came apart on his 88 machine and he caught fire. He was able to be extracted from the car, but not before suffering what some called third-degree burns on his lower extremities. He was transferred to the University of Michigan Burn Center. He's under their care while they assess the damage and pain regimen. And uh, the latest post on Facebook, if you have a weak stomach, don't go and look for it because he shows exactly what he's going through. And, Rich, it ain't pretty. Uh, I'm going to guess McCune. Of course, no timeline right now, no timetable, but he's going to be out for a while with uh, those, those burns below the kneecap. They're pretty gnarly. Uh, just glad that he didn't get it any worse because you know how it is when you're messing with cars that use alcohol for fuel, the fire you can't see. Man, I'm, I'm glad that he was able to get himself out of the car and, and get that taken care of. They, Zach, they don't call him the bulldog for nothing. I mean, he uh, he posted a video in the ambulance. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like, I'd have been crying or something. if I. <laughs> and he's just sitting there doing a Facebook Live. So, man, yeah, but, but yeah, we uh, – you know, Jimmy's been on the program before. Uh, yeah, we just hope speedy and full recovery for Jimmy as soon as possible. Sounds like there's going to be a skin graft in his future uh, for sure, you know, just to kind of give you an idea of, of, of how bad it really was. Um, so, uh, man, again, glad that it wasn't worse. Sorry that it happened. The Butler Motor Speedway crew did a great job to get that fire extinguished and get him off the property as quickly as possible. So a tough break for Jimmy McCune, but you know how it is. They don't call you the bulldog for nothing, as you said. He'll be back. Absolutely. And, Zach, let's get to a little bit of better news. Uh, on Saturday and on the pavement at the Flat Rock Speedway, Brian Bergacre was going for his fourth consecutive Moran Chevrolet Stanley Memorial 150, and it didn't take long for Bergacre to state his intentions. Uh, Bergacre started the day collecting the $200 fast qualifier bonus, but he would roll a 12 for the inversion. And, and Zach, for a reason we don't know sometimes, uh, that would put Stan Yee Jr. on the pole of the event. All right. But that was short-lived as well as Yee had power steering issues on the pace laps and was unable to make the green flag. Multiple leaders uh, of the event, including Joshua Spinelman, Chris Benson, and Eric Lee took their turn at the front of the field over the first 50 laps. But it was Bergacre methodically working his way to the front and picking up the race lead on a lap 50 restart. And as they say, Zach, that was all she wrote. Bergacre would cross the stripe over two seconds ahead of Lee, Hayden Sprague, Connor Zabosian, and Scott Hance. After the event, I was able to catch up with the four-time consecutive champion down in post-race technical inspection. Well, down in technical inspection area at Flat Rock Speedway following the Moran Chevrolet Stanley Memorial 150, and I am with your winner, I couldn't say that four times now, Brian Bergacre. Um, man, big smile on your face. This has got to mean a lot to you. It does. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to the crew. You know, we uh, we work really hard at this, and uh, you know, we have a lot of good luck down here, and we're fast down here, and it's it's fun to come here. They treat us really good. It's fun. It's it's just fun place to come race. We talked about some of this out there in your post race interview, but uh, you know, we were all laying bets on how early you were going to get to the front, and I would have never guessed that you would have got to early got to the front before the 50 lap mark. Just so how just because of how patient you are, uh, that obviously wasn't the plan. Yeah, actually, the plan was to kind of hang out and save tires. And, and, and the lanes just, I got in the right lanes at the right time and picked off a few cars. And then we got a couple cautions there, and I got a couple cars under that. And, and, and really, I didn't really work the car until I got to, to Eric, you know, for the most part. And then uh, I got to Chris Benson and Eric, and then Eric decided he was going to go around the outside of Benson. And I kind of went with him. And he was putting putting a pretty good pace down. I was kind of worried about the pace. And then uh, 
we got that caution and I was like, I got to go out front and then I can control the pace. And once we got out front, it was, it was pretty good. What's this mean to you? We've talked to before, you know, you get, you get someone like Anne, Anne down there and she's handing you the trophy and you, you mentioned what this race means to you, not just winning it, that it's become important to you now. Um, is it still the same seeing her hand you that nice big trophy every year? It, it is. And I'm, you know, I'm good friends with Stan. And to be honest with you, I really wish Stan could win one of these. You know, they try so hard every year, and they have so much terrible luck. You know, but uh, it's fun to see Ann down there, and, and you know, and Pat Moran too. He does a lot for this racetrack and a lot for this stuff. It's good to see him down there. He's got two cars out there. He wants to see them in victory lane, but he's always a really nice guy, and it's good seeing him too. Tell me who makes it all possible for you on this 12 machine because you may get in and drive it, but I know there's other people that, that make this thing go for you. Yeah, I mean, I got 4J's trucking. They stepped up big this year. Uh, Terry at Syndicate Performance. You know, uh, Brandon at Ernest Performance. We've been working on some stuff lately, and some of it's been working. Some of it hasn't, you know, but that's the point. you got to work on it and go, you know. And then, uh, you know, Michigan Marking on the front. He's with me every year. Um, he, he's just a great, great sponsor. He, he enjoys it. You know, he's he's got booths at Kalamazoo in Berlin up there, so when we're there, he's, he really enjoys it, um, you know. And then all my crew guys, man, we, we worked really hard today. As hot as it was, we worked really hard. We weren't as good in practice as I wanted to be. And I'm like, guys, we got to do more. We got to do more. We got to do more. And they were like, man, you're faster than everybody. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not still not there where I want it to be, you know. So we worked hard in this heat. And, you know, all my guys, Jake and Dano, my spotter, you know, my dad's with me everywhere, Mark and Logan, you know. And then and JoJo and Rob didn't get to come today. They had other stuff going on. So, like, we, we have a good crew of guys, and, and we have a good good time when we do this. Three Joy Fair memorials in a row, four of these in a row. Um, I imagine you're coming back for both of them in 2023. Yeah, that's on the docket right now for sure. Brian, congratulations, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, Zach, another dominating win for Burgaker as he sweeps the Joy Fair Memorial 100 and the Stanley Memorial 150 once again in 2022. Uh, is anybody going to stop this cat? Um, uh, they, they haven't been able to in four years, right? <laughs> um, he's, he's, got, he's got three Joy Fair Memorial 100s in a row and, uh, you know, four of these babies in a row. So, uh Unless they figure out their own racetrack, <laughs> um, I don't know. Somebody, he he even said to me, he goes, you know, they, I can't win over here on the west side of the state, you know. So I had to come over here. I'm having, <laughs> I, I run good, but I just can't, you know. He, he look who he's running up against: Steve Needles and Tyler Roerig every night. So um, that, I think I think that's the problem. But he, boy, he's got Flat Rock figured out right now. Big week on the dirt as uh, fans across the state of Michigan were waiting for a slow start on Wednesday. That Well, they weren't waiting for the slow start, but that's what they got. Um, Wednesday, Summer National Hell Tour arrived at Thunderbird Raceway to kick off their four-race swing in the mitten. Mother Nature had second thoughts, though, as opening night was postponed six laps into the second modified heat race due to rain. The rescheduled date was Sunday, but Mother Nature won that one as well, further postponing the event until August 20th. On Thursday, solid field of late models, uh, about 28 of them, and about 37 modifieds converged on Butler Motor Speedway with a forecast of severe storms moving into the area. Officials scrapped the heat races and moved directly into last-chance qualifiers following qualifying. The decision turned out to be the correct one. Billy Moyer Jr. picked up the race lead from his outside pole starting position, leading all 40 rotations for the Dirt Car Summer Nationals late models and picking up the $5,000 payday. Then, Summit Racing Equipment Modifieds took the speedway. Chad Bauer appeared to have plans of picking up his second Hell Tour win in a row, but, as they say, plans change. Kevin Reeve charged by Bauer and drove away over the final 10 circuits to pick up his first-ever Summer Nationals victory. 
and the timing couldn't have been more perfect. The rains descended on Butler Motor Speedway as the white flag was displayed, and Reeve tiptoed to the line on the moist and slippery surface to collect the win. And now on the phone, we have the gentleman who, gentleman, we have the guy who picked up his first ever Hell Tour win on Thursday from just up the road in Hanover, Michigan. Kevin Reeve, uh, original host of the original Horsepower Happenings, makes his return. Kevin, good evening. Welcome. Welcome, guys. I appreciate the phone call. Man, I got to tell you, uh, we were up atop the uh, old press box at Butler on Thursday. Myself, Rich France, Matt Preer, we're all up there, and we started taking bets. Who you got? Who you got? And I got to tell you, I'm not going to lie, I took the 19 to Chad Bauer. He had a great starting spot. The main reason, I didn't even see your 117 car in the field. But, man, after about lap five, I realized you were there. You started working uh, Chad over, and, man, what a great battle you guys had there at the beginning part of that race. Yeah, it was, um, you know, Chad's a great guy and a really good competitor, and you can never count him out. Um, I started behind him there to start, and I knew he was going to be going to be you know probably take the lead getting into one and, and out of turn two and he did and i said well we're gonna be chasing 19 car and he's he's been good all year and he's been consistent so i said well we'll see what we can do and i at one point i thought i was gonna finish second behind him yeah. because it, he was just he was just out far enough ahead i couldn't catch him and i said okay you know i'll sell for a second we got rain coming you know, it is what it is. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And then all of a sudden, I just started to kind of – I moved around a little bit, and then boom. I said, no, I'm on his butt, you know. So it would uh, – and then just think by like I did, I thought he'd be, be right there too, but we got a little distance with everybody, and it worked out. Talk about – one of the key moments in this race for me was you got underneath Chad in turns one and two, had a peak, had a great run down the backstretch. Caution comes out, and I'm thinking, okay, Kevin, you just showed your entire deck – now what? Uh, but Chad continued to let you have the bottom, and I was really surprised about that. Well, I, I saw a couple laps before that. He moved around because I got up underneath him again in one and two, and uh, I got out of it. And I seen him go to the bottom, and his car didn't stick as well. And I said, okay, is he going to try to keep running down there? And he didn't. He went back to the top where he was running, where he was fast. And he, he was a little better in three and four than I was. And he, I was a little better in one and two. So I think, it, you know, for him, I think it was, you know, hey, I'll, I'm going to make him earn it. If he's going to get by me, he's going to have to do it, you know, on the bottom. And, and I'll run my top and then keep him up. Kevin, what I noticed down there, it looked like uh, when you were working the bottom with him and, and you guys were really going back and forth for several laps there, he looked like he was a little getting a little tight on the top and you were getting a good run off, but he was just using that motor down the back straightaway just, just to kind of hold you off. And then once you got even with him, I think that's when everything changed. Yeah, I agree with that too because um, he's definitely got a good horse, you know, good motor in that car. And um, you know, once it got there, got the run out of turn two, it just all of a sudden it just it really launched. And I don't know if that restart if his tires cooled down or or what. I'm not really sure, but um, you know, but I noticed that the car really launched a little better than his out of turn two, and that's all it took. I, I ended up talking to Ruben, the 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 announcer for the for the Hell Tour, and he's. And um, I talked to him at Tri-City, and he said, yeah, we, I didn't know if anybody knew it, but they, they ended that race one lap early. Everything was one lap shorter. Um, and I, that last lap that you made had to have been the slowest lap that you made because it looked <laughs> like you were hanging on to that thing in the rain. <laughs> it was uh, a little – well, to get in the turn one on each lap car, you know, I slowed down pretty good not to get into him. 
And then we're down to turn three, and all of a sudden it just started pouring. It wasn't a slight rain. It was like the track was gone, and I'm like going, what are we going to do? Are they going to, you know, are they going to cancel it? What are they going to do? I'm, I'm expecting checkered flag or a, and a caution at the same time. And I come out of turn four, and I'm, I'm seeing two checkered flags. I'm like, well, this mofo is still alive. So I stand <laughs> on it. I'm like, holy sideways. I'm like, I ain't going nowhere. I said, but everybody's behind me doing the same thing. So I'm like, well, I guess we'll see what happens, you know. So, um, but it, it, was, it was cool. It was one of those nights that um, you look back at it and, and go, what are the odds that it's going to start downpouring going to turn three on the white flag? Man, talk about, uh, you know, there's a lot wrapped up in this that I want to unpack with you. Um, first and foremost, kind of running a part-time schedule over the last couple of years, and, and you found Victory Lane, but, man, this is a Summer Nationals win. Uh, first of all, don't get ahead of me here, talk about winning with the Summit Summer Nationals first. You know, that race there in general, I mean, Summer Nationals are a big deal to me personally. I mean, you know, growing up, we were running late models in Michigan, you know, summer nationals came to Oakshade and that was a big race to run. And it was hard to make the show. I mean, there's always, you know, 60 cars down there for that. So when it started venturing up here and they got the modified deal going on, you know, again, it brings competition and brings, you know, guys that, you know, wouldn't come out here normally, what you see, what you got with other, 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 you know, distance drivers. And, it gives you a comparison of where you're at. And I really feel that the Michigan drivers, myself included, the guys that won, you know, the last couple, couple of weeks and also the guys that have competed in are really, you know, stout. And to run with that capital competition, you know, week in, week out through the summer nationals is I think it's a good standing to what our modified program is up here in Michigan and what we've done as a, you know, a part-time team, you know, same thing with, you know, Chad and guys and even Colin Thurlby, you know, these guys, can run these guys that you know a weekly deal up here in Michigan, but still run special races with the Summer Nationals that come here and, and compete. It's just a you know good good uh, deal for everybody involved. Now let's talk about where it happened. Uh, your history with Butler is is long. Uh, you know you grew up in that area. You grew up at that racetrack. You ventured out. You did some things. You end up coming back for a little while. Then you venture out, do some things again. Uh, and then your dad starts racing there again. And, and for those who don't know the story there, obviously your dad raced there, passed away tragically. And that has been uh, heavy on a lot of your fans and your family and your friend's mind about what that racetrack means to you now. I want you to talk about what it meant for you. And I know you didn't get to physically do it, but to go back to Victory Lane at that racetrack for the first time since it all happened. You know, it's um, it's very, very hard, um, to be honest with you, Zach and Rich, um, to go back there week in, week out, and remember the last memory you have is your dad passing away. Um, you know, every time I go there, I remember that moment, and I go to the fence and I say, you know, hi, Dad. You know, not really a whole lot of time there, but it's hi, Dad. How you doing? I know you're here and um, go about our business. Um, Saturday, or sorry, Thursday was a little different situation because, you know, I was a little more relaxed than I've been in a long time when I go over there. Um, we're coming up on the five-year anniversary of my dad passing away over there. And, you know, I really didn't think much about it, per se, this time. But then when the rain came, it was lightning. <laughs> it, 
took me right back to that night, yeah. December 2nd, 2017. Yep. It was the same scenario, about the same time frame. And, you know, when they changed the whole format and they said, hey, guys, we're going to we're gonna race and we're not going to do the hot lap or not do the qualifying or whatever he races, I said, okay, well, we're just going to do what we got to do, you know. And, um, you know, I could definitely tell my dad was there. Um, and to, to get that win kind of brought closure to myself anyways. Because now I have a memory, a good memory going back there. You know, I have a memory of my dad passing away, unfortunately, there. And I have a memory I won the Summer Nationals race there five years later. And I, that was kind of like, okay, cool. Kind of like the, the circle. Um, one of the main guys in the trailers of that, uh, one of the UNC officials, kind of a closure type situation for myself. And I really think it is. And I really think that it helped me and helped my family and helped a lot of, a lot of family and friends as well. Because I was, a lot of people were crying, you know, and... Um, they were giving me hugs and stuff, and I was emotional too. Um, I didn't know if, if you'd ever went again there because of the mental block that, you know, I was having. And um, it definitely changed my outlook on the facility. Um, also, too, with Tim owning the racetrack now, it's a different ownership stance, um, and it's a different direction they're going. So that, I think that helps as well. So it, it's just a whole batch of emotions that were, were come about. It really came about when I got home, when I told my wife about the, the night and everything that happened and how it went down and you know, how the race went and how things just played out. And um, to have all that and be so close to home really, really changed my outlook on a lot of things and really made me excited about winning that race. I mean, I was excited anyways. It really made me go, you know what? I've done something that a lot of guys haven't done yeah. over here. And it's really cool to win this race. We the seven six winner of the summer nationals race at my racetrack that I call home about where I lost my father. And I have that link where I'm bad, but I have a good kind of weighs itself out. I got to tell you, when you were reminiscing about that and talking about your dad, you, you brought goosebumps to me. And I know a lot of your fans are going to listen to that and think the same thing. And, uh, dude, I just want to tell you how excited I was uh, because Rich knows when you put on the Horsepower Happenings logo, you're not allowed to root for anybody. That went right the hell out the window as soon as you passed Chad Bauer <laughs> uh, because, man, I was so happy for you and, and uh, just so excited. I, 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 I can't tell you how happy I was for you to get that done because I, I, know, what it, I know what it means for you and, and for your people. Yes, it is, it's a great, great feeling to get that checkered flag over there. And to see everybody so excited. I mean, I got so many people calling and texting and messaging me on the internet and stuff. And it took me until Saturday to get everybody to message everybody back. And just the outpour and support and the love that everybody gives me is awesome, you know, from, from the racetrack. And, and, you know, it's just, it's so cool. It kind of, I think it brought closure to a lot of people too. Kind of like that, you know, it, it, the circle has been, you know, concluded now. We can go on. We can move on a little bit now. So um, definitely a cool experience. I mean, I will never forget that experience ever. Kevin, Zach asked you the how this all happened. I'm going to go to the why. A few years ago, I remember Zach and I were in a pit area. You said, I'm selling everything, selling everything off. Uh, I don't need to do this. I need to take a break. And then you started getting into the modifieds. Um, was that the plan or were you planning on, on just hanging this racing stuff up and just working and raising a family? Well, to be honest with you, Rich, a lot of things that happened at that time. Obviously, my dad passed, and we ran the ethanol tour the following year. We went all over to Wisconsin and stuff, and just a lot of traveling. And realized the cost of this stuff was getting out of hand then. 
and it didn't make much sense. And I wasn't ready to step into a different class. I wanted to see what the way my stuff went. We ran it, and if you know what, we're going to take a little bit of time off. We'll see what happens. Um, we have my, my little girl, um, you know, in uh, I think it was 19. I do believe it was the time frame. I get kind of fogging out a little bit sometimes. But um, she's grown up so fast, you don't really understand a lot. But she's, she's two and a half now. Anyways, um, you know, so it's kind of one of those scenarios. Like, it kind of just sat back and said, you know what's going to happen? I went to the racetrack a few times, talked to a couple guys that had modified. and said, maybe this might be a good fit for me. Looked at some other options and some of the other racetracks that were around. And quite frankly, where I live at, there's more modified tracks for me than there's late mile tracks. So I said, you know what, maybe this would be a good fit. I don't have to race weekly. I can just do a part-time schedule. And if I want to race Friday night, I don't have to. Um, or if it will get enough, I can do that. You know, I talked to my sponsors about all that uh, previously to make sure they all understand all that. And so I was on the same page and they've all been really, really supportive with all that. Um, and I found I've had more fun doing that because I have, instead of getting drugged down into the weekly stuff, you know, the monotony of every single week you're doing this, you're doing this, you're getting by, you know, by August, you're burnout and one time off. And this time I get my breaks during the summer to where I have that same drive, you know, week in, week out to make the car faster and do what I got to do to figure things out. And just like, Today, I'm not racing this weekend at all. This coming upcoming weekend, but I'm on the phone with other companies trying to figure a few things out that my car was lacking, honestly, on set on Thursday, and how we can get a little faster and what we got to do to get there. And it gives you that time to kind of figure that stuff out, to kind of process it all, and really, really decipher what's best for me going forward. Well, Kevin, I can tell you, it's no, I, I can tell you. Zach and I were down in the infield, and we both had a big smile on your face when you rolled under the double checkers. <clears throat> you know, Zach's had more history with you than I have, but I thought it was just awesome. And so now this is your chance to kind of tell everybody, um, you know, it's a plain white wrapper with a 117 on it, but I know there's people that uh, that help you out quite a bit. Especially seeing how you missed out on your Victory Lane interview. So, man, take advantage. <laughs> yeah, I, I really appreciate it. And, you know, I've got some really good sponsors. You know, I got Lake Plus Recycling. I got Savage Racing Products. We got Miss St. Sales and Service. I'm actually going through the folders right now to make sure I don't miss anybody because they are huge and they help me so much and keep me going every single year. Yeah, we got um, Spartan Irrigation. No, I have to read that one again. But we have um, – I'll make sure I get it right here. He's got to get them all. <laughs> it's, it's not Spartan. It's Spartan Insurance, Agency, LLC, Garrett De- of uh, independent heating and cooling, the Hubco, Hubco Products, Imperial Wall Repair, Larry's Towing, Rail Septic Service, 365 DME, which sells medical supplies out of Pittsburgh, Michigan. Um, and I got to thank my wife, um, who is instrumental in this program. People don't understand, you know, what we do, you know, racers and how we, you know, need that support. And my wife is great about it. And she, I get that look over the glasses every now and then when I say I order my parts. And she goes, you really need all that stuff? I said, well, we ought to go fast, right? She goes, we're going to go fast, but you better go fast is what I get told. So, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's been a, a long list of people that support me. And they've been supporting me from the start of this whole modified journey. I mean, it's been, you know, three years that we've, well, three, three years that we've put this program together. 
And we switched to Bandit Race Cars last year from the Sherman car, which was a really good car. And it went to Bandit. That's where I finally tried to really change to get it to where we are now. And uh, Brian down there, Bandit, was great to me. Um, we text her a lot. He says there's things I'm doing he has never thought of. And he goes, yeah, that's all you, big guy. You know, but um, it's just having that, that – if you have a question, you can lean on him. It's great to have all that, that experience with him. And then the sponsors just – you know, they were great when I thought they won. You know, on Thursday, they all congratulated me. We were thankful. Some were there. They gave me big old hugs. They were great. We were like, I was so excited. So it's cool to share the excitement with them as well to where we've come, you know, and uh, where we're going. Kevin, uh, again, congratulations, man, and uh, nice job. Uh, how cool, and was really happy that I got to be there. And, and again, good luck the rest of the way. And uh, real quick, real quick, uh, because we are out of time, I want you to tell people about an event. We talked about your dad a lot, an event that is coming up at Butler here in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, we got September 10th. There's going to be the John C. Reed Memorial, the fifth anniversary memorial. We have Post of the Purse. Uh, we're running Sprint Cars Modified, three stacks and four cylinders. Uh, it's going to pay 3045 for sprint cars, 2045 for modifies, 1045 for tree stocks, and 545 for four-cylinders. Uh, we are have been blown away with all the sponsors that have come on board this year. We're still getting calls. Uh, I was actually talking to my wife last night about a few things. If, we, if some more sponsors come involved, we can do some more things, and we're pretty close to doing that. Um, I got to get Tim, make sure Tim's on board with it over the racetrack. So uh, it's a huge event. We love doing it. It's just a strictly event to get back to all the drivers, all the fans that supported us, and everybody that supported me and our family that week when my dad passed away. They really, really stood behind us and really supported what we were doing. They were there for us and really, you know, it was really just, you know, outpouring support. And we do this race because of my dad, and he loved the racetrack, and he loved racing. And that's what we do this race, to give back to the community, give back to the fans, give back to the drivers. Say, hey, here's a big, here's a good purse. Let's have some good race. Let's put a good show on. Kevin, congratulations, man. And, and I'm looking forward to uh, getting out to this e, this memorial event for your dad. And uh, just congratulations again. Thanks for joining us tonight. Yep, thank you, guys. Like I said, I really appreciate you guys taking the time uh, to get, putting on the show tonight. And like I said, I want to make sure to tell everybody that, you know, my wife has been great with this program. And I really could not do any of this race without her. And this, in this race, the more race on my wife as well. She's been really behind, behind the scenes, really pushing us on. So thank you guys for your time. And um, definitely, you know, you guys are doing a good thing with your show. Smart man. I think he uh, thanked his wife about a dozen times. <laughs> I, I, got, I got 32 on the ticket count. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Kevin, man, have a good night. Thanks so much. You, you too. Thank you, bud. Take care, bud. Then it was on to Friday and Tri-City Motor Speedway, Zach, for the next round of the Michigan Swing. And right out of the gate, it was late model rookie Chase Berta grabbing fast qualifier honors. Uh, Andrew Terrell, Cody Bauer, uh, Jeep Van Wormer, and Dona Marcoulier would pick up the heat race wins, all sending all four of those drivers to the redraw. And it would be Bauer and Marcoulier leading the field to green. Marcoulier fired off strong and uh, by the backstretch on lap one, had a multiple car length lead. It would only grow from there, Zach, as Marcoulier uses power and patience to navigate through the lap traffic. Marcoulier was never challenged over the 40-lap event and picked up his second career Summer Nationals Health Tour victory. After the event, I caught up with Dona to debrief his dominating performance. 
Well, not to, not to say that it was a competitive event here at Tri-City Motor Speedway for the Summer Nationals Hell Tour, but uh, Dona Marcoulier put it to him, 40 laps, led every single one of them, $10,000 in the pocket, and put half the field a lap down. Uh, that's the way to get it done with no stress, right? I uh, just... It's all got to work out. Like, you know, we qualified good, heat race good, drew, you know, we drew to two, and, you know, it's just uh, very thankful for how everything worked out tonight. You know, not very often you get the guys that kind of line up and everything worked out, but, uh, but we've been good. We've been working, working hard, and, you know, we got a great crew and great sponsors, and just, you know, we haven't raced a lot this year just because the way the economy and stuff is. It's trying to be, just trying to pick the ones you want to go to, and, yeah. and uh, yeah. you know, I'm just... Uh, it's very thankful, and it all just worked out. I mean, light traffic was good. We didn't have no issues, and I mean, Tri City was typical black slick. But pretty good, actually. I was, I was really happy with the racetrack. So, I, I was going to bring it. Seeing you brought it up, uh, let, you know, lap traffic um, looked like uh, looked like you you did hit some lap traffic. You had to be patient yep. because they're running side by side. Right. But it didn't really hurt you in the long run because they really weren't gaining on you. No, it's just being careful. I mean, I mean this place here, it's you don't go fast enough to. Like you make the wrong move and you know you tear your nose off or you get a flat or something like that because we're all about the same speed it seems like but uh but no just made the right moves it's clean you know just trying to be patient that we don't get crashed you know what i mean you're out there leading the thing you don't want to get taken out with a flat tire by a lap car or something but uh but no just uh all in all good night matt ryan um uh, you know his motor ramp flawless bite down race cars you know ronnie and bj uh stucky and i'm very thankful for everything they do to me and uh I'm just hopefully we can put some new parts on tomorrow and go again I was here a couple years ago for your first Summer Nationals win. We thought there, that you were pretty excited then. Um, we saw a different level out of you tonight. Where did that come from? Because n- normally when you win, you don't show it very well. And tonight you look pretty excited, and, and the fans got behind you too. Oh, we just had a tough year. I mean, it's one of those years, you know, we've, we haven't raced as much as we have, and we've, you know, we've, we've, you know, we've had some bad luck, put it that way. And it's just nice to get the monkey off our back. And we work, our, we just work so hard. Everybody that's involved in our race team, I mean, we put hours and hours in this. And we all have full-time jobs, so um, you know, just you know, traveling up and down the road. I mean, we've been in this truck for three days now, and got rained out once, but just everybody that's behind me, you know, my uh, my fiance, you know, Derek, my crew guy, Jimmy, my tire guy, my dad, uh, you know, uh, Patrick Plumbing, you know. Uh, Bubber Patrick, I mean, he come he come along about three years ago. We've always been friends, and you know, he he bought us some equipment that we couldn't. I mean, it just it just made our program better, and it shows. So it's just, I'm just very thankful for all of our sponsors, uh, Finishcraft Construction, um, JG Michelski Contracting. Uh, let's see here, All Star Towing, uh, All Star Quick Car, KBC uh, Graphics. Uh, it's really anybody that kind of helps up the fans. You know, anytime they buy a T-shirt that goes in the gas tank for diesel fuel to get them down the road and. Just uh, very blessed and thankful for the life I have. Another $10,000 win to race tomorrow at Merritt. Not a place, you, you're not a stranger there. Uh, going in there pretty confident after tonight. Yeah, always confident. I mean, it's the biggest thing with Merritt, you just got to do your job. You got to qualify good. If you don't qualify good, your night's over. But, uh, you know, we'll go. We get to sleep in our own bed tonight. We don't get towed to life tonight. So uh, we'll do some maintenance in the morning and uh, we'll try again. Donut, congratulations, man. Excellent job. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Rich. And after taking the win the night before at Butler, Billy Moyer Jr. brought home a solid second-place finish at Tri-City. And I caught up with Billy to get his thoughts on his performance both nights. Well, down in the pit area following the 40-lap $10,000-to-win feature event at Tri-City Motor Speedway. And uh, I'm with your second-place finisher. And he happened to win last night at Butler, Billy Moyer Jr. Let's go back to last night first. Pretty dominating performance. Um... We will stay away from what the racetrack, everybody had their own opinion, but you were able to find a way through all that and really not a whole lot of pressure. 
Yeah, no, the, the track is what it is. You know, I think they said they got new owners, and they, uh, they're they doing the right thing, sprinkling that thing throughout the night. Uh, you know, once they get the banking fixed, like the banking getting into one's really, really, like, not good. So once they work on that, uh, three and four is not too bad, really. But uh, it's the main thing. They got to get that thing smooth out. First thing, they got to get the rocks out there. When there's rocks, like, a size of your fist, man, that's going to hurt somebody, you know. So get I, I, they talked to me and asked me my opinion. That's what I thought. And then... Uh, uh, the racing, it, it, it's going to get better when they do that. They had a heck of a crowd, but I think uh, our car was really good. I could, uh, you know, the, my rack was actually had a leak, and I ran out of fluid there. So, like, I couldn't steer, like, back to the right for some reason very good. So I had my hands full there, but I, uh, the car steered right around there so I could drive in and float down in one and two and go below the hole, and then three and four, I could just run that bottom and middle pretty decent. Uh, so it's good to, good to get a win. I like it up here, and uh, now... Uh, We'll uh, keep on digging. Looked like you didn't need those cautions last night. It allowed the 42 to get up to you, but you're able to get away from them. Not really a problem. Right, right, yeah. No, when you when you got a lead there, the only thing about, like, last night with the lap traffic, uh, I mean, with the cautions, like, I couldn't maneuver through lap traffic because my steering was messed up. So that, that actually did kind of help me a little bit, as long as I could, you know, but always on the research, you never know what could happen. So uh, glad to, you know, get a win, I guess. But definitely didn't, didn't, didn't want to put them guys on my back bumper any more than I had to because they, when they're on your back bumper, they can pass you, you know. So uh, all in all, car was really good. Uh, you know, Nutrient Ag Solutions, Messiah Valley Transportation, uh, uh, Phillips CPA, Titan Motorsports, Pontiac RV, Penske Shocks, all them guys there, that's who all helped me so much. They're a big deal, you know. So I like to mention them, FK Rod Ends, uh, Sunoco, just uh, a ton of people on the car here, All-Star, Longhorn, you know, just – couldn't do it on every single person. Wiles, drive shaft, Ibox Springs on this car. And then tonight, come to Tri-City Motor Speedway. Kind of, anybody who knows this place, it's exactly like it like it always is here. Uh, and you're trying to taste, chase down the guy that basically owns this place. And and are you happy with a second place finish? Oh, yeah, man. You can't get mad about running second. Uh, Dona's real good here for sure. I, uh, I'm i not going to lie. I, I'd be lying if I say I didn't want to see a caution because I think, uh, you know, I think... It would have got – I could have at least made it interesting. I don't know if I could have passed him, but I could at least, you know, got – but he'd have had clean traffic or clean air, clean racetrack, so it kind of is what it is. But uh, I'm not going to sit there and tell you I could have drove by him, but I think I could have made it exciting. Um, his car looked really good, and, uh, you know, we were catching him, I think, but he was in heavy traffic. So uh, we got second, and I'm, I'm real happy with it. My guy's done good, and, uh, you know, Don't have done a hell of a job. Uh, he done what he had to do. He got the lead on the start and drove a good race, darted through lap traffic. And um, done, done really good. I definitely would have liked to see a caution about 10 to go. So you get two of these in, first and a second, not bad. You're going to go to Merritt tomorrow. Then on Sunday, go back to Thunderbird. Um, got to be your, your confidence got to be pretty good up in this Michigan swing. Yeah, yeah, I feel real confident, you know. I mean, no doubt, you know. I mean, Bobby and Sheppy and Fager and Shirley aren't here, you know, for sure. But, like, I mean, we're going to race who's here. And uh, we made 10 grand in two nights, so I'm, I'm real happy with that. And uh, just going to keep on digging and try to get, uh, I think we won at, won at Merritt before, so it'd be nice to go get another one and uh, just keep building. The biggest thing is uh, just keep being consistent. You know, that's, uh, you know, the Summer National, I didn't run it for points, so that's why my, my finishes are like that. But um, if it was rougher than hell and crappy and stuff, you know, heck, i just pull in. It doesn't make sense to me to beat my car up. And when the track was good and we had a decent car, I think we ran the top five every night. Uh, you know, top six, I think. We ran six one night. But, I mean, that shows we're getting there with the consistency. Now, the couple nights it shows us running really bad, that's when I pull in just because, man, it, rear ends and motors and stuff cost so much. It doesn't make much sense to go beat your crap out of your equipment. So, 
Uh, the biggest thing, we got two nights left. We're on the pole of the first heat Sunday on the makeup. So, you know, that, that pays two grand to win the weekly deal, and we're leading it right now. So uh, that's our goal. Go to Merritt, get a top, hopefully a top three, maybe win. Go to Thunderbird, top three win, and uh, we win the points. Deal. And that's an extra two grand to help us get all the way back to Arkansas. Like the smile on your face, Billy. Uh, thanks for coming to Michigan. We all appreciate it. Good luck on the next couple nights. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And, if uh, you know, thank all the fans, everybody on your podcast there. Listen, tell them, uh, you know, if they want to share it, BillyMoyerJr.com. We'll have a new blue one out here uh, first of next week. Or if they're at Merritt and they're tomorrow or Thunderbird, come by and get a shirt. Because buying shirts, I like seeing it. It's cool to see people with our car on there. And then also helps us get them down the road. So check our website out and you can order on there. Nice job. Good luck the rest of the weekend. Thank you, sir, for having us. You guys have a good night. And, Zach, uh, another first-time Helter winner found victory lane on Friday night. Colin Thurlby grabbed the Summit Racing Equipment Modified Nationals feature win at Tri-City as well. And then it was on to what turned out to be the final night of the Summer Nationals uh, in the state this week, Saturday at the Merritt Speedway, and it was one for the ages. Eric Spangler would jump out to the early race lead in the 40-lap $10,000-to-win event. Throughout the event, it seemed as if Spangler was going to put on a clinic and route to another win at his home track. But Zach, enter Brandon Thurlby. Thurlby would spend most of his time working towards the front from his 10th starting position. In the final laps, Thurlby found himself closing in on Spangler. With the white flag displayed, Thurlby would draw within a car length, and as the duo raced down the backstretch, Thurlby would get a big run on Spangler heading into turn three. With Spangler on the high side, Thurlby had one option, an all-out slide job or nothing. Uh, Thurlby would throw his M14 machine low into the corner, slide up, his right rear making slight contact with Spangler coming off a of turn four and beating the Lake City veteran to the line and collecting the $10,000 payday and his first ever Summer Nationals Hell Tour win. Chad Bauer, uh, Zach as well, also picked up uh, his first career Summer Racing Modified Nationals win last week. He grabbed number two, on Saturday at Merritt. And now, Zach, I have to ask you, I saw the video. I know you did. It depends on what cap you're in, I suppose, but uh, as to what opinion you have. But in the end, just hard racing with a spectacular finish between Thoroughby and Spangler. What do you think? I'm here for it. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think, uh, can I give you my honest opinion? I, I think, wish you would. I think if Spangler stabs the brakes and turns left, we got a really different look at the start-finish line. That's just me. <laughs> my thought is he had to know he was there yeah some somebody better be showing sticks tight together right um with no air between them i mean anything anything more than that and because i yeah we know eric doesn't have eyes behind his head he can't see and brandon was there in a hurry right in a hurry um so but uh we'll see we we i think we got uh Somebody coming up who can get us more into that. <laughs> well, I guess Zach will have to go straight to the source to break all this down. Uh, on the phone lines now, we bring in the gentleman who parked it in Victory Lane at Merritt for his first Summer Nationals Hell Tour victory. Brandon Thurlby, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks for having me, guys. Man, um, there's a whole lot to dive into, and you know where we're going to end up going with this. But let's start out um, to a track that you've had a love-hate relationship with. Uh, for many different reasons, it had to feel good on Saturday night. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, we've been uh, been pretty sporty the last couple of weeks. You know, cautions hadn't you know come in our way or our favor the last couple of weeks, and uh, you know they happen to be in our favor. You know, for the Hell Tour, so uh, kind of even itself out. Let's just set the table a little bit. You uh, 
you know, we we, we saw you uh, at Tri City the night before on Friday. Uh, obviously, not a night um, that that you want to take with you after that. How did you turn it around so quick uh, in 24 hours? Well, I mean, Tri City, uh, we were about a I don't know how many thousands of a second of sitting on the pole and. We ended up starting second or the outside, so we started second on the first row, and it was just one of those deals where you had to get to the bottom quick. Well, our night kind of turned to crap real quick when I had a tuck in line in the heat race, and started 14th, and and we actually run up to eighth, but that six car is so damn fast there that uh, I see it, I saw his nose, and uh, I don't race the leader when I'm a lap car, so I kind of kind of pushed up the track, but. There's a few cars that decided to race the leader and got by me, but you know, 14th and get up to eighth wasn't too bad, but we fell back a couple spots after that. Well, when you talk about Tri City kind of being a weak link for you, I mean, uh, a top 10 finish has got to be, uh, you know, like you said, something that's respectable you can build off of. What is it about Tri City? Why does that track have your number? Well, I mean, we've won, I think, four or five races there. I just, I don't know. It's not my cup of tea. Not, not a lot of fun for me. I just, uh, you know, going 35 mile an hour and stalling out the car, just, uh, you know, and that oil pressure light starts flickering and, and you're stalling it out in the, you know, the bottom of the corner, just like I said, not my cup of tea, you know, as a couple of years ago, we won that battle by the bay and I come in, my dad said, man, that was a good race. You did a hell of a job. I said, yeah, but I didn't have any fun. You know, here's yeah. running 6,200 6, mile or 6,200 RPM and chugging around the bottom but you know it's it's racing we all have to race on the track it's not a bad track at all um it races pretty wide i just like i said just not my cup of tea i like to like to push the throttle down a little harder you know that almost opens it up to uh it seems like tri-city is a prime candidate for and i had this conversation with tim wilbur thursday we were talking about his track down at butler got a little rough and i said well you know some people can can say do you want it to be smooth or do you want it to be fast? And because it seems like around here, Brandon, if you're going to have a fast dirt track, it's going to have some character to it. Tri City seems to always be smooth, but as you said, that track is pretty slow in terms of of uh, you know the 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 right around the bottom or really having to be careful on the throttle. I mean, do, is there any weight to that at all? I mean, we've seen Tri City be really fast and hammer down, but seems like the consequence is you're going to have to strap in pretty tight. Yeah. Uh prime example is dean over at uh winston speedway he does a hell of a job he uh and i-96 you know when we run there quite a bit um every once in a while get choppy and have character but that track over at winston uh dean's got it figured out where you know there's two three wide and fast and it's not too choppy there was you know a few nights last year where there was some weather coming in and and all that that kind of disrupted the the track itself but but all in all, uh, Winston, as far as, you know, the combination of speed and smoothness, it's uh, second to none. Let's set the table for Saturday now. You're, you're going to start penting the feature. Um, you see who's starting on a pole, guy who knows how to get out around that racetrack pretty good. Uh, where's your head at that point? Yeah, like I said, we, uh, we actually had the lead uh, two weeks ago at Winston, and a, and a caution came out, and, you know, it, just being in the catbird seat, it, it helps a lot at Merritt. You know, we've seen it time and time again. Uh, ended up getting passed. And then last week, same thing. I, I actually passed for the lead. Um, caution came out. So I had a, we went back a lap and, you know, ended up uh, third. Finley ended up winning. Um, 
but no, it's just, uh, it's one of those deals where I think Merritt is not, not a good deal to, to be in the lead, uh, with about five to go. And, and then I was going to say, you know, you get inside 10 laps to go and that fuel tank of that 27 is getting bigger and bigger in your windshield. Um, man, you got to be really getting up on the wheel at that point. Yeah. And we had a, like I said, it's been pretty good the last few weeks and I did, definitely didn't think, you know, with the caliber of cars for, for that hell tour race there, you know, starting 10th. Um, but luckily the, uh, the cautions came out when they did and, you know, gathered them back up, but you know, it was about five to go. I didn't think there was any way, but yeah, it kept pounding that high side. And like you said, that, that fuel cell kept getting closer and closer. <laughs> now I got to ask you, uh, you know, and I've talked to a couple of different drivers about this very thing this season. We've watched rich probably over the last three or four years, Merritt Speedway go from uh, really racy to no passing to really racy to no passing. Sometimes we see that three or four times in the same season. It's dirt track racing. You know that happens. Sometimes the track is on. Sometimes it's off. But, Brandon, this season when I look and see, uh, you weren't the only driver who gained nine positions in that feature. Ryan Lanford, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, did the same thing. Um, that, to me, at Merritt lately is a big number to charge through the field. Uh, that racetrack was, was on or your race car was on? I think it has a lot to do with uh, uh, Walt. He's been up there the last couple of weeks. He he did the track prep at Winston for quite a few years and I-96 and Thunderbird. And, and from my understanding, he's been uh, working pretty hard at Merritt. Um, got some new equipment in there, and uh, he's been doing a hell of a job. Well, and uh, Caps, I'll, I'll tell you that too, and, and anybody that asks me, I'll say I-96 Speedway is one of the best prepared racetracks uh, most, and most consistently best prepared. He knows his stuff. He knows his dirt, uh, and, and whatever he wants, he's going to get. Now, i got to ask you, you go into turns three and four, um, I think people are looking at that, Brandon, going, is he close enough to pull the trigger? <laughs> was there any was there any doubt in your mind going into three what you were going to do? Well, I, you know, the thing is, is like Eric and I, we we used to have a history seven, eight years ago. Um, we, uh, we may have bumped and banged quite a bit when I first started racing. Um, last week, he... It was about lap two. I think he thought he was going to win it on lap two. He dumped me in front of the whole field. Um, I normally don't race like that, but there's one to be owed. He didn't come down and apologize. Nothing like that. So there's one to be owed there. Now, follow-up question. You did, you know, you, you leaned on him just a touch, and this is just what I saw. I wasn't there. I wasn't driving, but leaned on him just a touch, got around him, take the checker. Eric instantly drives up to you and turns one and two. What was the exchange? The exchange was a swerve at the car and, and the middle uh, finger waving at me. Not five, just one multiple I, times. So I wondered yeah. I wondered if it was a thumb or a finger. <laughs> That's kind of what no, I was wondering. I gave, the, I gave him the thumbs up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, I, just, I, I, I figured there was some line of communication there through turns one and two, so I just didn't – I wanted to clarify that. Oh, yeah. You know, it was uh, – yeah, like I said, waved with one finger and I gave him a thumbs up. But back to the week before, he, he didn't intentionally dump me. But, you know, I'm the first guy, uh, Andrew Terrell can attest to this, that same night I uh, in the heat race, I got into him a little bit. I jumped on the pit bike as soon as I got out, went down. I apologized. Yep, no hard feelings. But, you know, when you dump a guy in front of the whole field, you kind of expect, uh, sorry, man, didn't mean to, one of those deals. So, you know, it is what it is. Now, we, we all know Eric. He's, I mean, he's been around a while. He's won championships. He's one of the best 
along with you guys that straps in every week, right? So, but almost a year ago, the same thing happened. We're missing it by a week. Um, is that ironic? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> you know, just, I don't know if it's timing or what, but yeah, he's, he's definitely lost $43,000 in that corner. Oh man. Oh man. Well, and and, you know, I I think too, you look at it, right. I don't know that Eric's doing anything wrong. Maybe, I don't know if he's rolling out on that last lap or what, but uh, I don't know. Did you, did you seem to catch him quicker than you thought you were going to in the closing laps? No, I I mean, I think he was just running his race. Um, It was just, he didn't protect the bottom, uh, I guess, enough. There is definitely enough room for at least three-quarters of a car to slide in there. But the Rusty deal, uh, I had the—I was actually right behind that, and just Rusty had a hell of a run, you know, last year. And uh, that high side wasn't there. We actually had a, a couple lap cars spin out and take out the tractor tires in three and four. So Eric and I were actually kind of running through the infield the last few laps. But Rusty, he's— He's a professional. He's done it forever, and uh, he found that high groove and got around it. Now, I I was watching the video. I, I was able to see the last few laps. You, you know which video I'm talking about. Am I mistaken to believe that if there's a 22-car field, 21 of those cars are going to make that same move every single time? I would hope so. You know, it's, uh, it's funny because uh, at Summer Nationals, you know, one-minute video or whatever it is, you know, it's uh, 90% of the people say what you're saying. Then there's 10%, but I don't know if the world's so soft nowadays that, that that's bad racing, but in my books, I, you know, I think, like you said, 21 out of 22 of us would have done it. I think the difference is, and Brandon, you can kind of talk about dirt track etiquette a little bit. You've been doing this long enough now. I think that catching him with the right rear quarter panel is one thing. I think squaring him up door to door would be another. Is that fair? I, I mean, I would say it was fair. Um, that's your, in my opinion, but you know, like I said, everyone's got their own kind of like, you know, belly buttons and buttholes. Everyone's got one. <laughs> and they're so, always full of something, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Everyone's got one. So I, wanna... no, I, I, I didn't think it was that bad. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of my fans and all that are, are going to be a little prejudiced towards myself, but, Sure. you know, it just, I thought, you know, it was good, hard racing. Let's talk about Victory Lane. Uh, $10,000, Summer Nationals, first time that happens. Um, is, is it bigger than just a regular feature win at Merritt? Do you get that when you cross the finish line and you realize what you've done? I mean, everything, right? Last corner pass, ten grand, Summer Nationals held tour win. Uh, all three of those things combined. I mean, how elated are you when you finally get to pull into Merritt Speedway Victory Lane? Oh, no, it was it was awesome. Like I said, I- I've told a few people it it didn't matter if it was summer nationals or, you know, whatever race that, you know, kind of winning that kind of style was definitely something else. One of the other things I I was just going to say real quick about victory lane is, uh, first of all, is Danny like eight now? I can't believe how big that girl is. Uh, first of all, she's huge. Uh, and the picture of her climbing on the roof of that car with you, was that a moment for you as as you know in her life and your life was that a moment you were able to soak in oh yeah no that's uh definitely going to be a profile picture on uh, social media here shortly <laughs> she uh no she's uh four and a half she'll be five in december but no <laughs> she uh when that crowd roared and i told her to put up her her number one finger yeah she, uh 
she looked at me like, what is going on? Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, I mean, it just roared. It erupted. Uh, I think it kind of spooked her a little bit because she looked over at me and she's already got big old beautiful blue eyes oh, and yeah. they even got bigger. <laughs> I tell you, Rich, you and I remember when, when she was being pushed around in a stroller at that racetrack. So it's just really cool to see this and to see her get to share that moment with you, Brandon, in Victory Lane. Man, it warms my heart. That's got to be oh, just so cool for you. Yeah, no, I, that's, you know, we've always had, uh, not just Danny, but just a whole family with us, you know, racing over the years. So, but no, it was definitely cool. Now I got, now I have to ask you, you know, I was going to bring this up. Um, got a little bit of a race here in a couple of weeks. That's probably just a little big. That means a little bit to you. Um, did you win too early or is this good going into that? I, I think it's good. We're actually, uh, taking this next weekend off. Um, we have, uh, my boat racing team has our national championships about 20 miles, uh, west of LaSalle Speedway in Depew, Illinois. Going to go down, help the crew there. Um, so we're going to have basically the same hot rod we, uh, we ended the feature with when we show up for the Woodtick. Man, that's a, a great preview. And uh, this race, of course, very important to you and, and big money and, and everything that Danny's got going on. I don't want to preview it too much because we're going to talk more about it uh, next week uh, right here on Horsepower Happenings. But, um, man, just that whole event and that whole thing, as you said, I think when in the week before to Rich's question, man, you got to be the most excited guy to get back to Merritt Speedway now. Oh, yeah. No, that's like I said, the, even the two weeks before we, we had a pretty – pretty quick hot rod around there so no i'm real excited um last year you know being able to be close enough to watch the checkered flags fly uh that was you know that was nice um but no i i'm sitting there in victory lane uh yeah i don't know i should probably retire after that you know there, well well there's uh you know there's two of us that have been following that event you know since it started right brandon so I'm an old man. You got to win one sooner or later, I'm, or you might be buying me flowers before you win one. Of those <laughs> oh <things>. my lord! <laughs> <laughs> well, that or if I don't, you're going to be buying me flowers because Leah's going to bury me if I don't win it one of these days. So. <laughs> well, Brandon, man, I'm I'm happy for you to get back to Victory Lane. It was really cool the fashion that you did it too, uh, and so I want to give you a hot second here to uh, thank those who make it possible for you to be behind the wheel of that race car. Oh, it's uh, like I always tell you guys, first and foremost, it's all the employees at Thurlby Automotive and my father, Ed Thurlby, you know, all of them. You know, I think we have 92 of us now um, wow. just working their ass off every day. Um, all my crew, they've been pushing me pretty hard this year, uh, last few weeks. Uh, been doing an awesome job. And, of course, Lee and Danny, <laughs> all their support. You know, I couldn't do it without them, that's for sure. And uh, also, just I guess the last question is, how much beer was consumed on Sunday with uh, your brother winning the big show on Friday, you winning the big show on Saturday? There had to have been a couple of Bud Lights that went down Sunday afternoon. Well, that's the thing is my dad was not impressed with us. Uh-oh. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we were in bed by about 1 o'clock. No, he called, me, uh, he called me Sunday and said, hey, you're awake? I said, yeah. <laughs> like, I figured you'd, I figured you'd be still sleeping, That's but no, funny. it was, it was one of those deals where it, uh, started, uh, started raining after, uh, the last feature there. We had a few fans show up, but no, it was, uh, kind of crappy weather to, to hang out and party, but but, no, there's definitely definitely some Miller Lite consumed, that's for sure. That's awesome. Brandon, congratulations, man. Nice nice work this weekend. We're looking forward to uh, seeing what happens with the wood tick coming up. No, I appreciate you guys having me.
So, Zach, other winners in the state on the weekend. 19-year-old Evan Shaco picked up another win at Berlin Raceway on Saturday night. Zach, in the last six events for Shaco, three wins, a second, a third, and a sixth. Wow. Man, they have that 22 machine rolling right wow. now That's with awesome. all the bad luck he had early in the season. Uh, Justin Clardy grabbed the northsidetowing.net outlaw super late model win at Corrigan Oil Speedway on Friday. Tyler Hufford nabbed the pro late win. And John Beach took home street stock honors. And in the big ABC, ABC shootout they had up at Onaway Speedway this weekend, Robbie Johnston was your A feature winner. Jeremy Vanderhoof took the B feature. John Culp was your C feature champion. And Bart Stern grabbed the D feature. Chase Roseborough grabbed the Outlaw Super Late Model win up at Onaway this weekend. And how about this? Uh, Must-see racing sprint cars. We talked about earlier in the show, we talked about Jimmy McCune. He raced there on uh, Friday night alongside Jason Blonde and some cat named Bobby Santos. Santos ended up getting the win, and uh, he'd pick up the must-see racing win. Then on, uh, I should say that was on Friday, then David McManus grabbed yet another modified feature win at Birch Run. Zane DeVault took the sprint car win on the dirt at Butler Motor Speedway Saturday. Todd Sherman with the UMP modified win, and i got to give a shout-out to my buddy Max Frank in the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints. He comes up to me, Rich, almost every time I see him. When am I going to be on your show? And, Rich, you and I can be uh, we can be those type of people. And I've told him, I said, you win a race, you'll get an invite. Rich, we got to invite him on the show. Max Frank got it done Saturday at Silver Bullet with the Great Lakes Traditional Sprints, went to Victory Lane, and parked the 25 car. So congratulations to Max Frank. Congratulations. We'll be talking to him soon. That's right. <laughs> well, we told you a couple of weeks ago that uh, we really didn't know what the future of I-96 Speedway had in store. Uh, of course, since that show a couple, three weeks ago, some things have changed. Uh, you know, they're kind of running on a weekly basis, Rich. We saw them post about that on Facebook. And, uh, you know, immediately after that show aired, we uh, got a text message from the uh, promoter of Great Lakes Super Sprints, who we, of course, have a great relationship with. And he said, hey. I don't know what you're talking about. I got a great plan. And so let's talk about that. And I said, that's a fantastic idea. Let's do it. And so it's our pleasure now to welcome the promoter of the Great Lakes Super Sprints, Traditional Sprints, and Lightning Sprints onto Horsepower Happenings, Barry Marlowe. Welcome in. Hey, thank you. So thank you. obviously when we start talking about the future of a racetrack, nobody's comfortable talking about that, Barry. Um, but uh, I was a part of that show a couple, four weeks ago, it seems like it's been, where you know you and your sponsors stepped up to the plate. You said, we're going to promote this show at I-96 Speedway. And uh, the fans turned out, the drivers turned out. And uh, I guess let's just talk about that first. You hear that Jeff is making a decision and you step up and you say, okay, we still need a place to race. Uh, so you kind of put your neck out there on the line a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, we got, I don't own a racetrack, so I need tracks to race at. And our schedule was set. And it's not like I can just reach into a bag and say, okay, I need a Friday night track. Right. Let's, let's pull one out. Um, you know, we aren't traveling the country. I know the all-stars have done that, you know, but, they have the luxury of going over 12 states <laughs> and they might be able to find some place. But when you're working in a tight geographical area, like we are, um, and we love running at I-96. I mean, that's, that's been a good track for us and our fans come out and I didn't feel like I really had much choice to be honest with you. 
So during that event, uh, everybody's kind of looking at each other going, okay, is this, you know, Jeff Converse showed up. I said, hey, I, I'm not used to seeing you here. You're usually, you know, in Knoxville or something. And he goes, man, you just don't know. He goes, I took some B-roll because we don't know what this place is going to be when we see it again. And, uh, you know, it was kind of said to me, this is a storytelling night. You know, depending on how the night goes, might tell the story for the rest of the season. I don't know if that was true or not. But nonetheless, the night, I think, went really well. Great car count. Great fan turnout, Barry. And uh, mm-hmm. since then, it, it sounds like there's a plan in the works to at least keep the uh, the uh, Great Lakes Super Sprint Series schedule mostly intact. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's my plan. I mean, um, you know, last Friday night didn't quite work out. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things, you know, for somebody like me to step in. You know, we're trying to run three series. Um, we already have our schedule out, and all of a sudden throw a track in the mix to try to promote. That's kind of difficult to do midstream. And, you know, last Friday night, um, I really didn't get the word quick enough to be able to go out and promote it. And we were still up against the Ionia Fair. <laughs> the last night of the Ionia Fair, which is 10 minutes away from my 96 was last Friday. Um, And without the super sprints there, I just didn't feel comfortable going against the fair. Um, So what we did is we just, I took the non-wing show that we canceled last Friday and we added it into this week. So we'll have the wings, the non-wing and the IMCA mods. So, um, and we're going to give it a roll. And right now, as of right now, I'm planning on the 19th of August. And outside of that, that's really outside of my control. Um, I won't be there the 12th with the non-wing. Um, because with the rain out at Hartford, Hartford rescheduled Great Lakes Super Sprints for August 12th. And I'm not going to race against myself. <laughs> um, not at this late point in the ball game. So, so there's, there's a lot of, a lot of moves on my little Ouija board that I keep, you know, my schedules and, you know, we're down to crunch time. Now we got a double header this weekend at I-96. Um, and then we go to Fremont and the next week we have Mount Pleasant and Silver Bullet. And then the next week we go right to Hartford, come back to I-96 and Butler and then we go into the championship weekend and the season's over. <laughs> so we, we're, we're running a lot this month. Barry, so you know, right now I'm just trying to keep our schedule intact. Yeah. Uh, Zach and I have been sitting here now looking at each other for four years. And we, you know, <laughs> all we do is promote racetracks and promote series. And we want everybody to succeed, right? Um, if, mm-hmm. anybody doesn't, everybody, if everybody doesn't know that, then we've been wasting our time on Monday nights. But how much how many sprint car events and then this is just the other side of the fence. Do you think I 96 can support where it's worth your time to do it? Um, well, and that was part of, that was part of my decision. You know, my original intent was to, um, keep the 22nd, the 29th, August 12th and August 19th. And then when I really looked at it, you know, a lot of time goes into putting these shows on <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, I've got the other series is going as well. I mean, we're, I had 
65 races scheduled this year. <laughs> so um, it's not like I don't have a full plate. Yeah. And then the, to work with the track and the track personnel and making sure that everything's ready to also put on a race, that gets difficult. So that being said, that's kind of why I cut it in half. You know, I figured with Great Lakes Supers friends, we have a great following at I-96. We're still trying to grow the non-wings. So I don't feel real comfortable with just having a show around the non-wings. And I figured I'd cut my, you know, I'd limit my risk by having two shows with wings and non-wings than to have four individual shows. So I don't know if that answers you, Rich, but, um, you know, now if you're going into it from a normal scheduling during the winter, you know, I-96 could probably, you know, I wouldn't have a problem going in there, you know, six, seven times a year, eight times a year. Um, but that's, that's, there's a lot of things I got to look at now with the NRA as well, you know, cause we're just, we're going to add probably 20 some races to our schedule next year. And of course, for those so, who uh, uh, forgot or missed it, right, uh, Barry, you're adding NRA to the uh, Great Lakes stable for 2023. Now, uh, just to clear up any potential fogginess for somebody listening to the program is Barry Marlowe slash, you know, Great Lakes family, have they assumed promoting responsibility for I-96 Speedway for the rest of the season? Like any event's going to be a Barry Marlowe production? Or is it just you're, you're doing, you know, the Great Lakes Super Sprint Series event, you're going to be responsible for at I-96? Yes, that's what I'm doing. I, you know, what limited conversations I've had with, with the I-96 owner, Jeff Dice, um, I, I know he wants to keep the thing going. There's he's he's got his hands full right now, um, and I I really can't speak for sure the rest of the year for that. I mean, the the Great Lakes Super Sprint shows there definitely are done by me, um, and that's all I can really speak for. I feel bad for the street stocks and the four cylinders, but with me canceling the two non-wing shows. I also don't want to give up those shows. So I figure if I'm going to rent the track, I'm going to run my classes. Um, and the IMCA mods, I've always liked, I've always liked the mods and I've ran the last seven years, you know, mods have always are a nice addition to the sprint cars. So, but yes, to answer that question, I, I can't speak for what else is or going to happen but the Great Lakes Super Sprint shows will be will be mine. Well, and I think that, you know, there was a point in time where somebody said to me, we don't even know if that's going to be an option to have Barry do that even if he wanted to. So, uh, you know, there was a lot, you know, and, and, and you know it better than anybody, Barry. The rumor mill in our industry is crazy. That thing is always working overtime. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there, there, like I say, there was a time where nobody knew. And, uh I think hats, hats off to you for at least coming in and making sure that the Great Lakes Super Sprint stuff goes. You know, obviously some people will say, well, that's a business decision for him. No, no, I look at this too as, as you know, your race car drivers, they want to race. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm an official. I want to work. And fans want to see races. Uh, you know, the Great Lakes Super Sprints have a following. Yeah. You know, I think this is a great move 
not only for Great Lakes Super Sprints, this is a great move for our sport for you to be able to keep those shows intact. So, you know, I think that's important. Well, it is. And, you know, the staff at I-96, they want to work, you know. So there's there's a lot on the table for for everybody. And, you know, is it my responsibility to keep everything going? No, it's not. But I figure if I, I, I figure I'm in the best position to make this work, at least what we're doing. Um, that's why I feel bad for some of the other classes because I'm not as familiar with them. And if I'm going to come in and do a couple shows, I need to put best foot forward I can. And I got to do with what I know. And what I know is I own three of my own classes of cars. Um, <laughs> yeah. They all happen to be open wheels. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot to it. And of course, of course, they're all business decisions, but at the same token, um, you know, the love for racing and not wanting to lose another track, you know, the best way to keep that going is at least keep some races going there. Um, you don't need the weeds to grow over and, and everything else to happen by not being used. So that's a lot of it as well. So Barry, let's, let's, uh, I'm going to give you the chance here, go over this event you got coming up. Um, you know, times, everything, uh, gates opening, ticket prices, and anything for everybody, anybody that's listening and wants to catch you guys. Okay. Um, this Friday, I-96, racing starts at 8 o'clock. Um, the pits will open, possibly open at 2. They'll definitely be open by 3. Um, and the front gates for the grandstands will be open at 5. But the first heat race will not hit the track until eight o'clock and we're going to run great lakes traditional sprints. So the non-wing sprints will be there and that is a points race. The IMCA mods will be there and they had a good following last time. Um, and then great lakes super sprints will be there. And I'm going to guess we'll probably have a B main with the super sprints because the NRA wrapped up last week. Um, and, you know, if everybody told me he's coming, you know, we'll probably have 60 cars, but I know they won't, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, but we'll, but we'll probably, so we'll, you know, we'll probably have, um, four features, you know, we'll probably have three features and a B main with the, uh, super sprints, but that's going to be the show. The pits are 35 bucks. The, um, uh, grandstands are 20 and, Let's see. I think vets are fifteen bucks and seniors are eighteen bucks, and kids under twelve are free. Am I and am I correct that tickets are available online currently? Yes. Um, I think I should have double checked with Anthony. Um, if because we came out with Great Lake Super Friends came out with our own ticket. Mm-hmm. Um our own ticket page. So for all of our events, and that's going to be tickets.greatlakesupersprints.com. And I guess a person can try that. Otherwise, if they go to our schedule on either traditional sprints or Great Lake Super Sprints on our websites, they can click on tickets. Um, I This is live podcasting at its best. <clears throat> Tickets.greatlakesupersprints.com does work, and tickets are currently available for the open-wheel shootout at 996 Speedway, 8 o'clock Friday, July 29th. 
There <laughs> so you there go. you go. Barry. We've been working on that the last two days, and I thought it was up, but yep. I wasn't 100% sure. Yep. It's, we went We went that right. We, we went with our own ticket page because I thought it was ridiculous for people to have to join just to get tickets to come to a show. Sure. And some of the other sites, the people actually had to join the app or, or join. They could still join us, but they don't have to to get the tickets. Bar- That's why we did it. Barry, I love that, uh, you know, and I'll say this even without being behind horsepower happenings or even without being, you know, employed by Great Lakes Super Sprints. I love what you've done. I think it's great that you're uh, making sure that your schedule stays as intact as you can keep it. And I'm looking forward to Friday night. This is going to be another great show. Another great weekend as well, as you said, backing it up with uh, going back to Fremont Speedway on Saturday. Had a couple of good programs down there this year, and with NRA wrapping mm-hmm. up, I think you're right. We're going to have a really nice program Friday night, and the weather looks like it's going to be great for it too, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, the temperatures are down 10, 12 degrees from a year a week ago, and, and you know, as the summer starts winding down, you know, the races are, are picking up as far as the points race and and everything else we got going on. So I think it's just going to be good racing. So well, Barry, we're, we're look- excited about it. We're looking forward to it too, man. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks for what you're doing for our sport, and we're looking forward to seeing you Friday. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Rich. And What's your name? Oh, Zach. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Zach. <laughs> well, Zach, uh, upcoming on the schedule, I think that's all we got left, right? For, oh, or, my that's goodness. All we got- <laughs> if we didn't pack in enough to this tonight uh so let's start out with friday kalamazoo speedway the zoo summer nationals one thousand dollars to win for the template late model street stocks outlaw front wheel drives and zoo stocks all of them running for a grand gates open at 3 30 racing at 7 30 winston speedway on friday lightning sprints super late models imca modifieds pro late model cyber stocks warriors young guns mini wedges everybody in action uh, at Winston, gates open at 5 p.m., racing at 7.15. And Tri-City Motor Speedway, IMC Modified's Fast Shaft Challenge Night, $1,500 to win for the IMCA mods. Ken Schrader will be in the house at Tri-City right. Racing as well. Pro Stocks, Factory Stocks, four, four and six cylinders, mini wedges as well. Gates open at 3.30 p.m. at Tri-City on Friday, racing at 7 p.m. And I think I heard somewhere, uh, is I-96 running? I don't don't know if I heard that somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, I think I-96 is running on Friday as well. Uh, Saturday, Fremont Speedway, the Great Lakes Super Sprints, alongside the Attica Fremont Challenge Series 410 Sprints and 305 Sprint Cars. They'll have their Truck Series in action as well. Gates at 4, racing at 7. Merritt Speedway. The B-Modified Challenge Series unloads alongside UMP Modifieds, Pro Stocks, four and six cylinders, and mini wedges. Gates at three, racing at 6.30. Silver Bullet Speedway has their Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club appreciation night. Ken Schrader in the house on Saturday night at Silver Bullet. Gates at 5.30, racing at 7. And then Berlin Raceway bringing in the winged sprint cars alongside Sportsman, four cylinders, and mini wedges. Gates at four, racing at 6.30. Rich, is this a new record for longest episode of Horsepower Happenings? I don't know officially, but it's got to be darn close. It has to be. I'm fully convinced of it. And uh, But you know what? We kind of knew this was going to happen when the Hell Tour came to town, right? Uh, anybody who was going to win, we were going to have to talk to them. Uh, even if we couldn't get them all on the show, we, we knew we were going to get some interviews. So 
Interviews galore tonight. If you like listening to Drivers Talk, tonight was the night. That's right. And I uh, do want to say thanks again to all the drivers who made time to catch up with Rich over the weekend. Brian Bergacre, Billy Moyer Jr., Donamar Coolier, uh, making time to chat with you. Was that, a, was that everybody? I think that's everybody. And then, uh, of course, our thanks to Brandon Thurlby and uh, Kevin Reeve for joining the show alongside Barry Marlowe, who uh, helping us uh, continue to put everything into perspective. And, of course, our thanks to Rich France, who uh, helped pretty much run this whole thing for us here on Horsepower Happenings. I just do all the talking and uh, <laughs> handle the technical side of things. So that's going to do it for another episode. Get out and get to a racetrack this weekend. We'd love to see you along the way. For Rich France, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.